And here we are. We are back again for another edition of Midday Cafe. I hope everybody's brought their coffee, ready to rock and roll. But I'm very excited today on Midday Cafe. We are going to be talking accessibility. And today I'm joined by my four experts who are going to be showing us and talking about various facets of accessibility with Microsoft. First, we're going to have uh, in just a moment, I want to go through and just introduce everybody quick. But Sue, you want to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. Sue, technical team specialist. Then Scott. Scott Moore, also a technical team specialist. Phil. Uh, Phil Urban, I'm a cloud endpoint uh, specialist. And Kendra. Hi, Kendra Burgess. I'm a business intelligence technical specialist, Power BI. There we go. Awesome. And so that's the order that we're going to be going in. Just a quick reminder, though, before we start, you can find us always on our blog. We'd love to hear from you. If you have questions, suggestions, that's the place to post them. The, the blog is at aka.ms slash HLS blog. That's aka.ms slash HLS blog. You can also find us all individually on LinkedIn, and uh, there'll be links in this post that you'll be able to go to to harass each and every one of us. And uh, that's that's a joke, everybody. It's not harass. Uh, and so and last, it's lunchtime. And then finally, uh, you know, you can always find us as well in podcast audio form. So you can take Midday Cafe on the go with you on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify. And with that... I'm going to be shutting up and just doing some handoffs, but we have our first speaker, presenter, discusser, expert. And Sue, why don't you talk to us about your topic today, which is? Immersive Reader. Immersive Reader. And I would love to. So Immersive Reader is built in across uh, all, uh, pretty much all of Microsoft Office, uh, Office 365 apps. Today, I'm just going to show it to you. I'm going to show it to you in OneNote, Word, Edge, and Teams. And uh, I will try to be very dis descriptive for those people that are just in listening mode only. I know I do you guys have one question. I yeah. have to interrupt. Yeah. So you're, in, you're going to be showing in those, but what about Xbox? I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's the next week's session. <laughs> All right, so this first demo, I, I love this one. This is pretty fun. So what you're seeing right now is literally I used Office Lens on my mobile phone. And I, I as you can tell, I took a picture of my Kindle. I said, this is an image. This is a picture. Um, across the board, you will pretty much find the Immersive Reader under the View tab. So I'm going to go ahead and click on Immersive Reader, and this window opens up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, this is opening that picture? Well, it didn't open up, but it takes what's in that picture and That's, opens it up inside the immersive reader. Yeah. That's what I mean. It took the text from the picture and opened it. Yeah. And it gets, wow. it gets even better. Like this is, I'm starting with the best one first. So right now I'll go ahead and I'm going to hit play and we're going to listen to it. 1105, fortunately, the brain rewards us for a good story. One with clear good guys and bad guys. So this is a, by the way, this is from uh, Dare to Lead, in case you are wondering. Um, so what I like about it is up here, I can change the size of the font. Now remember, it took these words from that picture and opened it up in Immersive Reader. I can change the color of the font. 
Um, I can also change uh, the type of font. There's actually studies that show in education that uh, children do better with Comic Sans. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And I can change the color. I can have, you know, different contrast, which is also helpful. Another thing I can do, and this is really cool, as you can tell, I, I have the nouns already highlighted. So I have the nouns are purple, verbs, adjectives. Again, that can be helpful in, in education. Um, and then here, um, this is the part that I really love the most. I, I have, um, or I'll just put it out there. I'm legit ADHD, ADD with a dash of dyslexia. Okay, I got, I got, I'm the full package, as some might say. And a lot of times I'll take the same sentence and I'll read the same sentence 10 times, but it just doesn't hit me. However, this feature here makes all the difference in the world. It zeroes it down. I can do it to just one line or I can do three lines. Three lines seems to work really well for me. And then as I hit play, it will keep three lines at a time highlighted. It works really well. Now, this is the part that I love is the translation. So I can go ahead and translate the entire document. And in this case, I have it changed to Spanish. And now, now let's take a listen. Claros, respeto, menos de la precisión de la historia. La promesa de que ajá. So th this means I could take a picture of something in Spanish. I can easily put it into OneNote, open up the immersive reader, and it will just translate it for me and read it for me. All right. So that's it in OneNote. Pretty cool, so, right? So before yeah. we go on, so before yeah. you move on, because this is important to kind of highlight where we're hitting. So with that response, with the immersive reader, so first of all, you brought an image in, right? Yep. Um, you were able to off that image, it did, OC it OCR'd it, yep. and it brought that into the immersive reader. Yep. So now you had, for those who may be visually impaired, we've brought it in, we brought in, an, we've taken an image with text and made it available through auditory for those who are visually impaired, Yep. For those who may suffer visual uh, also with visual impairment, you can do the high contrasts. And right. those who need accessibility via language barriers, you brought that in as well. Exactly. That's a great recap. That's flipping awesome. Right? I know. It's very exciting. So let me show you. The rest of the demos will be shorter because, you know, you've seen, you've seen it in one. You've seen them all pretty much. This is what it looks like here in Word. Again, we're going to go to View. Um, we're going to go, I'm sorry, right here. We're going to go to read out loud. I lost it. There it is. So it's under view. That's where you're going to find it. It does look a little bit different, but again, I can do my favorite my favorite highlight one line at a time. Mm. Uh, I can also adjust the column width. So that's kind of cool here. I just shortened it a little bit, but I'm going to make it as wide as possible. I can also change the page color, which is what we were talking about before. And let's go ahead. Word automatically checks spelling and grammar and marks misspelled words with a red squiggly underline. Grammatical glitches get a blue. Now, if I don't like this guy's voice, I can also change that. Um, there's a couple other uh, voices here. I can also, so that was Mark, is who you were just listening to. I feel like Mark has the best inflection for me, but uh, we also have David and uh, Zira, maybe. I don't know how to pronounce her name, but look, I can also adjust the speed as well. Double underline. 
Try it. Put your cursor at the end of this paragraph and hit enter to start a new paragraph. Write a sentence with some spelling. Maybe you can keep up with that. All right. So that's what it looks like in Word. Um, next, I'm going to show it to you in Edge. So here with Edge, I would just, I'm going to highlight the first word. I'm going to right click and I'm going to say read aloud from here. One of the coolest features Teams has today is the ability to add or transfer calls in meeting across. And again, the, the, this bar shows up up here at the top, and I can also change the speed. I can change the voice as well. So and then, then I, yep. I was going to say, so the one was documents, but I mean, just for everyday activities now, if you're using Edge browser with it has with immersive reader capability, now as you cruise the entire web, again, visual impairment, the ability yep. to go and to have it actually just read those pages aloud. Yeah, and this is gonna, oh, go ahead, Kendra. I was just gonna add to that, Michael. And uh, for those that just, you know, have different styles of learning, uh, mm -hmm. I have many articles I have to keep up with. And sometimes I'll have them on another monitor. I have the reader going while I'm creating a demo or something like that. And I'm internalizing what I'm hearing. And, and you know, if I don't always have time to read, at least I'm getting some information. and. When it piques my interest, I you know focus on whatever that topic might be. Um, I find it really helpful from a learning perspective. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I love being able to adjust the speed as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, because I can go a lot faster if the words are being highlighted for me. Oh. I can't explain it, but it's how my brain's mm -hmm. wired. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, this is Edge. Oh, okay, now the last one I'm gonna show you is in Teams. Um, give me one second. All right, so now you're seeing my teams. I actually created a team. I, I invited some of you guys um, just for this. Mm -hmm. And here, the way it works is you got to look on the message, hit the three dots, and then you will see the immersive reader. That's where you'll find it in teams. And we go ahead and, and this, this should all look familiar, just like before. Uh, I really like being able to yeah, I can make it so it breaks out in syllables. I like seeing my nouns, it adds some color. Um, and here again, I can pick the language if I want it to translate mm -hmm. it, but you know, I really like seeing my lines. I like seeing three lines at a time. Um, and also here, just like before, changing the contrast, changing the font, or I can also change the size of the text. And then I hit play and this is- Sue Vensil at Monday, June 14th, 2021, 10.21 a.m. What's new in Teams for June? Add or transfer call to device. And there you go. And that's how it works in Teams. It's just in there. Wow. That is very that is very cool. So if people are looking to learn more about uh, Immersive Reader, um, do we have some links that we'll be able to put into the blog post? We got links. And if you're like me, you might do what I did. And I went to YouTube and there are so many demos out there and people doing some really neat things with the immersive reader. So, yeah, we got some links. Have All right. Share. So, yes, make sure to file those over to me and we'll uh, put those in resources. Well, thank you, Sue. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks, guys. Next up with iOS uh, dictation in Outlook and Word. Scott Moore. Yeah, so definitely wanted to highlight today, there's some new features that came out uh, that were announced earlier last week around Microsoft Dictation for iOS. 
So originally, these these features and capabilities were there in the desktop versions of Office as well as um, the Word version of iOS, but it's now been extended for Outlook for your iOS devices, specifically for iPhones and iPads. So it's really cool because it gives you that capability that you can now do dictation uh, directly on those devices. I'm going to share my screen. There's actually a blog article that we will share um, as part of this. Um, let me find the article on my screen. So in this article, it definitely goes through this. It talks about that. Uh, also, this will be later have availability later this year on Android, but it is definitely there today for iOS devices. Um, it's really cool. Also, in the article, there's a, a YouTube article, a YouTube video that goes into a deeper dive. So it really gives you that ability that from your iOS device, you can do dictation, you know, directly from those devices, you know, in Outlook. Um, it's pretty snazzy. So you have those capabilities today under Windows and Mac, um, but now it's also been extended to your iOS devices. Yeah, and I just, while you're doing that, I pulled up my iPhone and there, there's a little microphone right here. Mm -hmm. Oh, can you show it again, Michael? Yeah, so I'm in, I'm in here in iOS, right? Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> in my family email and right down here, you know, they have the ad, like the image, the little paper clip, take a picture, um, formatting, and then there's a microphone at the very end. So if I select that, it says it's listening, and if I start talking, it starts typing, and there it goes. You can see it's taking dictation as I'm talking here. That's pretty that's, cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So it says that there's actually multiple language support. So you have dictation support for seven new locales, uh, Hindi, Thai, Chinese, Korean, Polish, Russian, and Portuguese. So pretty slick. Um, Outlook Mobile is currently only available for English US though, however, currently. So, so there is, and there will be additional language support planned in the future. Sorry, any idea when it'll be available for Android? Um, that's a great question. The uh, the article didn't say it; just basically said it's coming soon to Android. So I would assume later this year. Okay. We'd have great. to follow up on that. Okay. Otherwise, I'm getting an Apple and a, 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 an iPhone. <laughs> yep. But we'll definitely supply the. Uh, Windows, when I left the the fun of Windows Phone, which is still the greatest phone OS <laughs> I've ever seen. Nokia. <laughs> When I left, yes, my Nokia, when I had, I got to say, I have a picture from like, I want to say going on 10 years now. I mean, it's a long time ago off of the 10, it's a 1040 or 1020, I forget the name, but it had a 40 megapixel camera back then. And I had a picture where I was driving and across the fields in a farm was a barn with its door open. And I went, snap as i'm driving down the highway by later i did a thing where you have it and then you have the zoom in in a circle and you could see a tractor inside the barn across oh, wow. the field. and i'm like the iphone can't do that why don't i have <laughs> so but now i'm on iphone but i digress that has nothing to do with accessibility no, it doesn't. thank you scott that was awesome yep.
So we'll give we'll give everyone a link, and the link also has the embedded uh, YouTube video in that as well. That goes into it. So that means now, if you're uh, you're in your Tesla and it's driving itself, and you have your feet up on the dash, my I'm probably causing some discrimination. Dis I, I can't even say the word. I don't even know. I just um, knew that's not recommended. It's probably not recommended. But if you did, if you were doing unrecommended activity, you could dictate. You'd say, iPhone, take a dictation, send an email while you play the game. Yep. <laughs> Again, we're not recommending this, and this is the no. not the views Never. of Microsoft, nor is Microsoft condoning that. <laughs> no. Never. Someday. No. All right. Well, thank you, Scott. That was that was very cool. So up next, headset on. Because he That's wants right. us not to hear the baby cry, which I, I got to tell you, Phil, I am diametrically <laughs> opposed to that. Crying babies are a beautiful thing. I agree. I'm just trying to save people's eardrums, whether it's the baby crying or the 100-pound dog deciding it wants to bark because it saw a bird outside. What do you have? Just, what dog? Uh, he's a Bernese Mountain Dog and a Poodle Mix, and he is oh. he's under the desk. Pick up those noises pretty darned well. Uh, this headset um, from Heelink actually uh, actually blocks them out pretty good. Ooh, nice. Very cool. Yes, and uh, I believe Teams has put in some technology as well for yeah, sound I isolation. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. So the two combined have been, for lack of better terms, pretty darn good at uh, <laughs> keeping only the sound that we want to hear in Teams. I, I have to say, when you just said that, the two combined, my head from raising children years ago. Can anybody guess? Or something combined? I am Captain Planet. Oh, I'm really dating myself. I, just, <laughs> I just, that you know, my brain operates in different ways. <laughs> it's wired a little different. Phil, go ahead. I'm going to shut up. You're going to talk about Windows OS accessibility settings, and I'm excited about this. Me too. Yes, um, we're going to see how well this works, especially with the sound coming through for Windows, but you know, we'll give it a shot. Um, so built into Windows 10, uh, Microsoft has put in some ease of access settings. So to access these, you're going to go into your start menu and open up settings. That's did that on the other monitor, so it's up over here now. And you're looking for ease of access over here. When you click that, there's a whole slew of ease of access options down the left side. Uh, and each of these uh, kind of can help with various disabilities or just making your life easier on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, some of these I can demo, some of them I'm, I'm gonna skip because it takes a couple seconds for them to actually turn on and just for the sake of people's time and demo purposes we'll just let them go but i can talk go ahead for the podcast reasons can you name off some of those for us yeah sure i'm going to go through each of them uh, as we go through so um you know we're going to start off with display on here and this allows you to change how all the text on your uh in your operating system shows up you know and the big one here uh for people that are visually challenged uh is uh, is changing the text size of everything. So there's a slider here that you can drag from small to large 
And if I hit apply right below this, it will change all of the text in Windows to significantly larger. So it starts out as low as 100% standard size for everything and scales all the way up to 225% text size. Uh, I tested this uh, last week, I believe, and yes, it makes everything bigger. Uh, it can really help if you, you're having a hard time reading the text on your screen. That's good to know, especially with some of the various devices we're doing with Windows now. Yeah. So that you get, I, I do know, like I've done that on my phone, right? On my iPhone, but certainly if you have a smaller tablet size, a Windows type device, um, that I know that would be helpful. I don't yes. know about you, Mike, but I get made fun of all the time, especially if someone like a couple rows back can like read my text messages, you know, it's like, gosh, <laughs> kids are brutal, brutal. I'm sorry, I may have done that uh, once or twice in my past. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I knew it. So that's display. So that, that's that's display. There's more in display too. You know, that we can you know turn animations on and off, turn transparency on and off, hide some scroll bars. Uh, so it really allows you to you know customize windows to make it easier for you to use. Um, one other thing that's in here too, uh, we can change brightness or use nightlight. Nightlight is a great feature in Windows that not a lot of people know about, um, and it's you can click a link right in right in that display options. It'll take you to your display settings. And uh, what nightlight will do is actually adjust the color temperature of your monitors to make it less strainful for your eyes at night. So you can turn it on manually, or if you dig deeper into the nightlight settings, you can have it turn on and off at a schedule. So I have mine set to automatically turn on nightlight once sunset happens, and then turn off once sunrise happens. You know, it really makes it easier to use your computer. Uh, during later darker hours. So I'm going to go back. That's probably also pretty good for those uh, night owl gamers. Like the... I'm very guilty of that. <laughs> or and anyone definitely... who lives in a state that does not have that much sun, like Oregon. <laughs> I'm thinking about doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So moving on through uh, the ease of access things, you know, next one here was they have mouse pointer. This one's nice and easy because you can just drag your mouse pointer and make it huge. Wow. Um, similarly, you can change the pointer color. So if you like black, the white outline, you want to do high contrast, it automatically changes the contrast of your pointer as you move it around. Let's see if I can do something here. So it's changing contrast as we move. Makes it really easy to see. That's nice. Wow, that's cool. Um, then, of course, you can go and set custom colors for your uh, pointer as well. So really customize oh it, make it so that you can actually see that pointer if you're having a hard time. I'm not letting my wife watch this. She's going to make me put a custom color on hers. <laughs> <laughs> and I already know what it is. <laughs> it's so easy. She could do it herself. So yeah, in here, too, there's also you know, the, the visual feedback. When you touch something, you see a little... Uh, Little circle pop up if you're using a touch screen. Like it's hard to demonstrate that with just a mouse and keyboard, but that's in there as well. Uh, next, we have text cursor, which does something similar, except when you're using a cursor. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to turn this this guy on and make it as big as I can, just for visual purposes. And mm -hmm. let's make it uh, bright pink. Uh, that's the color. <laughs> so we're going to go over, just open up Notepad here. Mm -hmm. Just have some generic lorem ipsum text. Yep. And it's a nice, easy way to say, hey, 
where's my cursor? When you're staring at a giant screen of text, points it out to you right away. Love it. Next one on the list here, magnifier. This does exactly what it sounds like it does. It will take your whatever's on your screen and just make it all bigger. Now, the difference between this and what we talked about earlier in display and changing the text size, uh, display is only going to change that text. Now, all the images and you know, windows, all that's still going to be the same. Magnifier will literally zoom everything into whatever percentage you set this to, to the point where you actually have to move your mouse to the edge of the screen to scroll your entire desktop. Uh, it may sound inconvenient for people that don't need this functionality, uh, but if you need to be able to make everything bigger, uh, it can make mm -hmm. worlds of difference for you as you uh, as you're using your computer day to day. And also has some shortcuts if you want to turn it on or, on or off, you know, quickly. This one is harder to uh, to demo because it will take a couple seconds to actually sure. turn on for that first time. Color filters. This one actually might be my favorite. Um, mostly because I had former coworkers, you know, talking to me as we were trying to talk about Windows 10, how it can help you know, Im improve the business world and migrating from Windows 7, Windows servicing, so on and so forth. And they said, yeah, I'm colorblind. I have a hard time seeing the colors in our, in our sales documents or even internal documents. Like, hey, Windows 10 has something called color filters. I just mm -hmm. turned it on here, uh, and it can, has a handful of settings here, inverted, grayscale, grayscale inverted. But the, the big ones here are ones built for colorblindness. And Microsoft actually built in the three different ty types of colorblindness uh, that are classified today. Um, I'm not even going to try and say them because I can't, but it's the red-green colorblindness uh, with green being weak, red-green colorblindness with red being weak, and blue-yellow colorblindness. And it actually takes all the colors that are being displayed and adjusts them accordingly to help people that are colorblind. Mm. It's a really great, not-so-well-known feature right there. And, you know, that's really cool. It reminds me of something, too. I think a lot of times when people are talking about accessibility, they think of um, maybe someone that can't doesn't have access to their, you know, they can't use their hands or blind or deaf. But I was I was doing some research. Seventy percent of those folks that need help, it's more um, learning. It's more of a, whether it's a learning disability or autistic or dyslexia, it's more of the, the things that you can't see. So colorblindness makes me think of that. You know, I probably know lots of people that are colorblind, but I don't know it. I can't, yeah, I, I can't tell. Yeah, like the, my coworkers at the last company, I, I had no idea. They just casually yeah. mentioned, it, mentioned it one day. I'm like, oh, well, there's a way that you can be helped. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's cool. So similar to the colorblindness, you can turn on and off uh, high, contr high contrast mode. This one does take a sec to turn on, but it will do exactly what it does or what it says it does um, and adjust the colors on the screen so everything's high contrast. If you're having a hard time seeing two things that are like yellow on white or, or you know, light blue on a white, uh, it can definitely help uh, adjust those colors accordingly. NatRater is another fun one. Um, just like we saw earlier, it does exactly what it says it's going to do. It's going to 
go in and read text for you uh, off, off your screen. So I'm, I'm going to turn this on. Yeah, we're going to close that one there. And it, I don't know if you can hear it or if the sound is coming through. Uh, but if I open up a window here, I'll see if I can crank this louder. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. Yeah, of course, it's, it's not working. You know, <laughs> that's what happens when you try and do demos. Maybe. Um, yeah, I've been having some trouble getting teams to play sound, and that's my own personal uh, setup. But it was oh, it turned off. That's why. Um, but when you turn it on and you go into, let's just say, a web page, it'll actually read through everything on this page. So when I did this before we started, it actually read out, join us to see what's next for Windows. Watch the live stream. 6, 24, 21, 11 a.m., so on and so forth. So so you wouldn't have to turn on the immersive reader everywhere you go. It would just be natively on for every application you own? So it's a slightly different use case, right? So immersive reader is sitting there reading the document to you um, as you're you're looking through it. Um, And correct me if I'm wrong on the immersive reader side, because I personally haven't used it as much. now, if you go into Word or you go into Notepad and you, if you click a word, it's going to read that word. Or if you open up um, a website, it's going to read the text that's here. And if there's alternate text behind something, it's going to read that alternate text as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's designed more for those that are... I believe it's visually impaired and rely on that that auditory feedback where immersive reader, I think, is more the use case is more targeted at. I want someone to read this to me. It's yeah, it's elective versus automatic, right? So immersive. I think that's a good way to put it. It's a purposeful selection. But with the windows, then it's, you know, when you have that, then anywhere there's text or like you said, behind the scene. It's it's delivering that to you with the anticipation that you are visually disabled. Oh, there we go. Now it's actually working. Let's just crank the volume. Yeah, we're not hearing it over here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, it's, your, it's your system settings probably with your... Just like I was saying before, the headset helps block out everything except yes. my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Blocking it off. <laughs> okay, we're so gonna turn that off. Yeah, real quickly. We're gonna go through the rest of these uh, pretty quickly. So, you know, under the hearing settings, so we have audio. This is straight up. Let's just make the volume ladder. I can scroll this up and down using my standard volume knob on my machine. There goes the dog moving something. Closed captions. I haven't personally used this, but we're seeing it in action. But my understanding is, is that any audio that your computer is playing, it'll live transcribe it. That's cool. That's new for me. I've I've done the the commands, the voice, and I've done the uh, audio, you know, automatically, and and demoed that. But I have not seen this in OS. Yeah, I haven't seen this at either. Um, I'm not on any preview builds on this machine, so this is in the current build of Windows 10. I am mm-hmm. going to find some documentation about this or whatever cool. documentation I can find, and we'll include that in the uh, description here. Yeah. Uh, yeah but from what, 
from the little bit that I read about it, uh, it seems pretty cool. Uh, again, reading all the content that your computer is playing mm -hmm. audibly. Uh, then going down into how we interact with your machine, you can do speech to text. So you can talk to your computer and turn on speech recognition and uh, start to use your voice to control your machine. Again, this isn't one that I've read a lot about, but I'm going to find some links that we can include on here. Hopefully find it, some other demos out there. It's pretty cool. It's uh, It allows you to do that across. I mean, I remember first time I demoed that feature. This was back when it was, we didn't call them tablets. We were Windows Slate devices <laughs> that were running Windows 7. And uh, being able to show just like open in Word and start talking and blah, 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 blah. Again, somebody who may, you know, in that case, have a, a disability with their hands or. Yeah. And, and also the ability to just plain open it. Like the demo that I used to do. And again, it was Windows 7 was giving the command to open Windows, Windows opened, start dictating, blah, 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 close, yep. save, send, email, the whole bit. You can do it all without hard. ever touching a keyboard or yeah, mouse. Yeah, no physical interaction. It's cool. Keyboard one, this one's, uh, there's lots of settings here. I'm sure we're all guilty of accidentally turning on sticky keys and not being able to figure out how we turned it on to try and turn it off. and digging through the control panel to turn it off if you didn't want it. Um, but there are lots of settings here on the keyboard. The one that I find very useful, especially coming uh, from the consulting world and delivery world, trying to you know, build task sequences to deploy Windows 10 is the on-screen keyboard. Sometimes you mess up the drivers and the on-screen keyboard is the only way that you have to actually type content into the window <laughs> to, to recover your machine. Uh, but it can be very helpful for those that can't use a mouse or can't use a keyboard. Uh, if you combine this with one that we're going to talk about here in a sec, the eye control uh, can definitely be very, very useful. Mm -hmm. uh, sticky keys lets you push one key at a time. So if you want to press control, alt, delete, you don't have to hold all three at once. You can hit control, then hit alt, then hit delete, and it'll push all, all three for you. Um, there's toggle keys, so you want to you know, push and hold your caps lock or just tap it once. Uh, filter keys, if maybe you have some sort of um, what's, uh, jitter or you know your, your hands or fingers aren't as steady, if you accidentally hit a key once or twice too fast, this can help filter out those types of actions. Wow. Yeah, it's, I could definitely see uh, some use case for that. Uh, I'm blanking on the condition. Oh, not Alzheimer's. Uh, Parkinson's. No. Parkinson's, yeah. 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 So yeah, could I try and make try and make uh, that easier for those types of those users? Mm -hmm. um, and a couple other ones here. You know, you can do screenshot, print screen, and you know, just change some other ways that the keyboard interacts with the OS. Um, going on to mouse, this one's interesting. Um, you can actually control your mouse with the numpad on your device. So let's see if, if I actually set up right. Yep, there we go. So my mouse is now moving around the screen. And I'm just using the numpad on the side of my uh, on side of my keyboard here. Ooh. 
Oh, good for people with carpal tunnel that have difficulty and pain with uh, a mouse. Does yeah, it act absolutely. like directional? So if you like hit the eight key, it goes up. Yep, eight key goes up, two key goes down, nine goes up and right, seven up and left. Wow. Let's, let's see if five does anything. Oh, five is click. Hmm. Cool. Hmm. Of course, if you have a, a keyboard that's got the rollerball on it, Maybe that's less painful than using the mouse, or maybe it's easier because you're still using fingers for that. But yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a, a right way or a wrong way. You know, it's a, yeah. about yeah, yeah. Put, putting options out to users uh, to find what works for them. Yeah, um, the, la the last one that's built right into Windows here is Eye Control. I don't have the hardware to do this, but uh, I've seen it in action and it works exactly how it, it sounds like it works. There's a a camera-like device that you put above or below your monitor, it's looking at your face, and it's actually tracking where your eyes are moving. And after a little wow. bit of, um, uh, what's the word? Calibration. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be pretty accurate. You know, it is still a preview feature, uh, but, you know, it's something that we're working on to try and improve, you know, and, and iterate on over time. Um, but yeah, the, those those are the big features that are built right into Windows 10. You know, again, if we go into settings, click the ease of access button, we have a whole bunch of options here. Yep. Uh, hopefully, there's something new that we heard about. Um, I do want to cover one other bonus item uh, since I forget who it was brought up Xbox earlier. <laughs> there is the Xbox Adaptive Controller too, um, and this can actually be plugged into a yep. PC to uh, control PC items as well. And what's really cool about this is while it has the you know, up, down, left, right, A and B buttons built directly onto it, uh, if you look carefully, let's see if I can zoom in on this. That's as far as I can zoom in. There's a whole bunch of connectors along the back mm -hmm. for all sorts of different types of connectors. And these can be mapped to, on the Xbox side, any key or any button push on the Xbox controller. So if you have a device that is literally like a um, like the Staples Easy Button, just a big button, and you want that to be your right trigger, you can do that. Um, or if you have another type of, let's just say you can only move a, your hand or your foot, you know, in small amounts, and you have a hardware device that can measure how far you're doing that, you can hook that up to this adaptive controller as well, and it can do any button press that you that you mm. want it to do. Uh, so it's it's not just in the PC world that we're that Microsoft's pushing accessibility. It's also in the gaming world as well. Very cool. Well, thank you, Phil. That was awesome. Thanks, so Phil. We'll we'll have some links. You know, again, folks. You know, those who want to check out all the different accessibility features built into Windows, definitely at your organization. If you have not looked at those, that really bears uh, taking a look at. And now, last but definitely not least, yay! And, and I gotta, I love the car. I love the class. I love purple. Purple to top it off. I love it. Um, GTO. Kendra. Yeah. You're gonna talk to us about Power BI accessibility. I am. I'm That's gonna awesome. move this. Yeah, you know, I, I really loved everybody else's um, uh, presentations today. I made some notes for myself. 
because I'm thinking in the context of Power BI, of course, you know, what can Power BI do? Uh, what features are available for it? Um, let me switch this real quick. Uh, switch, swap. There you go. Does everybody see my screen? Mm -hmm. OK, great. Yep. Um, so uh, speech, color filters, high contrast, closed captioning, uh, the visual features. I'm uh, some of them I've seen in Power BI and some of them or loosely anyway, and some of them are kind of new. And I thought, wow, I really want to see that closed captioning in Power BI. So I have some testing to do on the side. Um, but today I wanted to talk about Power BI accessibility and I wanted to give a quick shout out to um, the P3 Adaptive uh, partner. Uh, they work with us quite a bit on Power BI implementations and staff AUG and training. Um, and last week we did a session called uh, Power BI Governance for Health and Life Sciences. And in that there was a discussion about accessibility and it was by Lotta Hill. Um, she did a great presentation and I grabbed a couple of slides from that uh, to share today and then also have a little demo and uh, a page from our documentation to share as well. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so Power BI accessibility standards, I think what's important to call out is that the developers of Power BI have embedded into the product capabilities that follow along the web content accessibility guidelines. That's what I want to speak to on this slide. Uh, that everything we build is perceivable, it's operable, it's understandable, which basically means that we're trying to make it as easy for you to use as possible, for you to find things that you need, for you to be able to develop your data stories, be able to use the data stories that are developed for you and to be able to share that information um, with other people and to make it really easy to do. Um, so I'm going to look through a slide here and talk about a couple things. Um, today we talked about some of the capabilities that we have with OS. We have some capabilities with Teams. We're all kind of piggybacking on one another where Microsoft has built in the capabilities to its software in general and then rolls in some of the capabilities into product specific solutions as well wherever we can. So here built into Power BI without requiring any configuration at all keyboard navigation and I'll show you a little about that in just a second screen reader compatibility high contrast color views so we're thinking color blindness making it easy for people to be able to see the analytics that they've been provided with a focus mode in case you need something that's a little bolder and you want to see information that's very focused um, and then to be able to show a, a data table which again is just really highlighting information for you at the point in time that you're wanting to look at that. Um, then built-in accessibility features where there's some configuration required, alt text, tab, order, titles, labels, markers, report themes. But this is basically, uh, if you take even report theme as an example, if you create a Power BI template and you put in some colors that you think are going to be fine for your audience um, and you test that out, you can save that template. So it requires work. Some of uh, the templates that we have are out of the box and we've created them for you, but you can go another step further and create the ones that you want. Same thing with alt text and tab orders. You can actually manually set these so that someone can hit the tab button, tab, 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 and you're actually flowing through 
a set of visuals or a set of slicers or filters um, so that the storytelling in the Power BI analytics makes sense to an audience, whomever that audience happens to be. So here's an example of keyboard navigation. Um, in this particular case, what we're looking at is when a Power BI developer is um, either accessing a report or is creating a report, what kinds of things can you do with that keyboard navigation? Just wanted you to see that it's it's common, right? This is stuff that we see in Word and when we, when we are looking at keyboard navigation in the operating system as well. So we're trying to leverage those same things in Power BI. Themes and high contrast colors. Here's an example of themes on the left. This is out of the box. So you could choose these if you want to. You can come up with your own if you want to, but at least we've given you something for a launch pad. And then on the right-hand side, what we've got are uh, high contrast options. So I can build a report that I think is great for you and, and, uh, and assigned colors to each of the visuals that I think will work for you. But if they don't, you can come here and you can pick whichever ones you want that just make it easier. You'll note in the last presentation, the um, option windows were black with white highlighting. I particularly like the white background with the black. So that's basically what this high contrast is doing is it's letting you see colors, um, maybe like in a reverse order that help with the contrast for you to be able to see those a little easier. And then additional resources, um, I, I, you know, actually these were called out too. I was really interested in seeing the closed captioning and the eye control note. In my screenshot here, it says beta, but it's actually live now. Um, and I'm interested in how I can use these in Power BI in the future. Uh, I don't know of any uh, of anything at this point, but I was thinking closed captioning. If I was using Power BI, and let's say I embedded an app, and that app had a video, or it had a recording of something interesting, maybe it's about a manufacturing floor or a pharmaceutical process, what have you, could closed captioning pick that up and could it render it in Power BI? I don't know today, but I would sure like to test it out because I think that would be interesting. Um, and then the eye control I think would be really great too. If instead of hitting the tab key, if a report could be set up so that the uh, tabs flow in a storytelling kind of way and you could use eye control with that, I think that would be really helpful too. So um, I was, just intrigued when I saw those earlier and I called them out here in this presentation. Report accessibility checklist. I wanted to put some key uh, highlights here uh, for you. This slide was taken from Lada's slide on the governance call from last week. I want to mention that. Um, so quick high level checklist. I won't read everything here, but some of the things just make sense, right? Your visuals need to be clear. You need to be looking at um, what your background relationship is, the visual interactions, whether or not you add tool tips, um, whether or not you can show a data table. Um, just test these things as you're developing them out and make sure that maybe you've got an audience that you could find, maybe someone in your center of excellence that can help you know, do a run, run a check for you. I think there's also an accessibility checker in Power BI. So you can see if the report will pass at least some general guidelines around um, accessibility. And then I put in 
this link here, uh, again, this was from the governance call. I added the overview of accessibility link at the bottom there. There's a lot of material, particularly for developers, um, that you would want to look at um, that will uh, show you the kinds of tabs and keys that you can use to develop a report. Okay, and at that I like uh, that that one link you had. It was right in the middle um, uh -huh. for training. Oh yeah, right yeah. around accessibility. So you know those are great links. So thank you, Kendra. It's great sure. to see accessibility. You know, not just we've seen it. You know, as a overarching application, an immersive reader. It got really got its start for us in the education sector, but now yeah. it's moved well beyond that to you know, retail consumer as well as enterprise mm -hmm. um, with obviously in the healthcare sector, a lot of applicability. The dictation uh, that Scott, that you showed um, definitely, you know, for people on the go, that can be a big one, especially as they're on the move and, and need to be able to uh, dictate the OS level, which kind of is pervasive across the board and has been there for a long time. And I'm really interested to see now that we've brought uh, you know, a certain, uh, we purchased somebody uh, that used to operate the Dragon Dictate, and now it has, I don't know what the latest name is, but. Um, nuance. Nuance, yeah, but uh, yeah, thank you. Um, see how that kind of uh, gets rolled in. And then finally, Kendra, you showed accessibility, you know, with Power Behind. Certainly, as you go through all your applications, Word, PowerPoint and stuff, PowerPoint, we should close captions before translation many different levels we're going to have a wealth of links i want to thank our four people uh for the excellent job today that was very thorough it was excellent and i hope everybody out there is going to embark on accessibility so with that we're going to close up this is mike and Sidencil and scott moore and phil urban and kendra burgess bidding you have a great day, everyone. Take care. And as always, ciao. <laughs>